Hello. Hello, listeners. And welcome to a very special episode of Funk Radio. It's not actually that special. I just think every episode is special. Everything that has us in it is special. Because we're special. Just like you, listeners. Do you think that on all the children's programming that we had as kids, um, all of the different characters and whatever hosts telling us that we're special screwed us up? I mean, no, because we are special. I grew up learning that, so... It's true. It it has to be true. (laughs) That's true. You know, there is a rule, Kyle, that they can't lie on TV, so... That's true. It's funny, because you always hear, like, older older generations saying, like, you know, all these kids think they're special little snowflakes, and it's like, y'all are the ones that told us that. (laughs) We didn't just make that up. (laughs) Well, we just want to tell you listeners that you are all happy little snowflakes. So, um, that's your host, Kyle. (laughs) Complaining about intergenerational warfare since 1990. And I'm your host, Peter, because Kyle didn't say it. Oh, yeah, Uh sorry. That's Peter. (laughs) Say my name. (laughs) So, uh, this this episode's going to be a little bit random. This is one that's kind of just going into the basics of... Uh, the the concept of pitch basically, um, which is usually tied to music, but you could also consider it as just regular sounds as well. The way that I I guess so while doing research um, on the concept of pitch, I guess I was kind of thinking about it initially as being similar to frequency, um, but not necessarily the same thing. And um, so I guess maybe we should just talk about frequency really quick because we have discuss that in a bit of detail before on this show. Frequency is um, the speed of vibration of a sound, basically, um, because sound travels in waves. And frequency is basically the number of waves uh, per second, which is measured in hertz. Um, And we've also talked about the kind of the frequency range that humans can hear, because obviously a sound could potentially be higher or lower than what humans can hear. Mm -hmm. Um, I well from if from what I remember I think that's like twenty hertz on the low end and then twenty thousand hertz on the high end. Yep. If I remember that correctly. Sounds about right. That's what most like headphones and stuff advertise as. Right. You know, as we've discussed in the past, and like we said, like frequency is measured in hertz as its unit of measurement. So frequency in itself is kind of like a mathematical concrete concept. Something I didn't know going into this is that pitch is actually kind of more of a subjective perception of frequency, if you will. Mm-hmm. It's basically how we describe how high or how low a sound is. If you heard a tone that had a high frequency, you might say that it's high pitched or a low frequency, you might say it's low pitched. But mm-hmm. you're not, when you'd say it's high or low in that regard, you're not really saying, oh, you know, that's within a specific frequency range. You're more so, the pitch is more or less like the shorthand of how we are perceiving that frequency. I guess my question to that then is, can other animals perceive frequencies differently or something that we would think is high pitched is actually low pitched to them because of the way that maybe they hear because they hear a different range or whatever. Yeah, exactly. Um, I think that's entirely possible. I didn't research that, but I've always noticed that 
because I know dogs can hear really high pitches. I've always heard subjectively that when dogs hear humans, our voices sound like really low to them mm. because of how acute their hearing is and they can hear higher pitch things than we can. But I, I don't know if that's true. I don't even know how you prove that. Yeah, I don't know. Well, but so I, I just did a quick Google search to figure it out. So the high end of human hearing is in the 20,000-ish hertz. Mm-hmm. But for dogs, it's upwards of 45,000. Jesus. So they're, the range of what they can hear is about twice as what we can hear. Um, mm-hmm. So whether 20,000 hertz sounds low to them, I mean, maybe, I suppose, if you if you say comparatively... Yeah, true. Um, then perhaps that's true. I don't know. That's yeah. I don't know. I, I don't even know how you test that. Like, ask the dog, "What did you hear?" <laughs> but I know whenever, like in cartoons or commercials, whenever they kind of tend to show what the dogs he- seeing and hearing from their perspective, mm-hmm. they always usually like pitch down people's voices so that it's like the dog is hearing like a lower pitch. Uh-oh like garbled version of people right i always wondered if that was because since they have a a wider range of hearing perception Mm. um if they kind of interpret those sounds differently than we do so we we probably sound like you know sloths to them or something i don't know some low-pitched thing (laughs) that's entirely possible um anyway so frequency in that regard is very like I said, it's very mathematical. Pitch is kind of the subjective counterpart to frequency. Because it's more um, subjective, um, it's considered part of uh, psychoacoustics, mm-hmm. which is the scientific study of how humans perceive sound. And I don't know whether that might be an episode in itself at some point later on. Sounds but I think, interesting. Yeah, I mean, it's it's interesting that there's a whole... I mean, I don't know how big it is, but there is a branch of science that is really not necessarily the like a hard science the hard science like the mathematical science of sound as much as like how it blends with psychology almost yeah i was gonna say almost almost like audio psychology that's interesting that might be actually an interesting episode i'm gonna write that down from the research i was doing i found that it was definitely a little bit harder to pin down a good solid definition of pitch or, or even like a more elaborate version of this because it, it isn't as, like, concrete, if you will. Mm-hmm. So you'll find that throughout this topic, it's kind of fragments of different, like, oh, that's interesting in relation to pitch. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, we're talking about it versus frequency. Another way to think about pitch is, like, versus octave in the musical world. Like, music notation um, and even, like, musical octaves, for example, those are all directly tied to pitch uh, when you think about the letters a through g uh, musically speaking those are really denoting different uh, musical pitches this is a stupid question but i always wondered where like how they came up with the octave scales between a and g like how did they just randomly decide oh it's going to be the letters a through g from what i can tell it seems like the per- I mean, obviously, because there's like the the middle notes in between those, right? Like the the flats and the sharps and what have you. Mm-hmm. Um, but from what I can tell, the way they developed at least that particular school of thinking with music is that really those. Uh, if you get any less differentiation than that, 
from one note to the next, it starts it's, to become it, less like uh, you uh, can't differentiate it as much. Yeah, it it becomes imperceivable to human ears to to, know, to tell yeah. the difference between like even sometimes a half octave. Right. Lower. So I see what you're saying. The, I guess the reason, uh, from what I can tell, at least the though it was created that way in in that like every note or half note is um, defined by pitch in the sense that we can differentiate them, Mm -hmm. at least on a practical scale. So in terms of the musical octave concept itself, each octave in itself is this kind of a scale of notes um, within a single pitch range. Uh, I guess the way that you get another octave above or below that is you basically double the frequency of all the notes. So for example, if you have an A note that's 400 hertz frequency, if you double that, it becomes the equivalent A of the of the octave higher than that. Um, oh. So that that's the kind of where like I feel like um, pitch kind of is largely tied to math because like the way that you describe pitch in terms of any quantifiable sense is in mm-hmm. frequency, and that shows itself in octave as well in that whole concept because. You really are, at the end of the day, multiplying or having, you know, actual numbers. Mm-hmm. Um, so I can't, I mean, there's, that's kind of a whole world into itself, you know, all of that musical notation and all that. So I'm not even going to pretend that I know any of that. Um, the base, Basically, what I'm trying to get with this segment of the episode here is that um, we, the way we write music and the way we read music is really based on pitch. Mm-hmm. Um so I guess some of the more interesting stuff about um, the concept of pitch that I found would be kind of, I, I would say, illusions slash like just strange phenomena in general. One of which I think one of the more common is the Doppler effect, which I think pretty much anyone who can hear things is aware of this. That effect when like a sound goes approaching you and then kind of goes away from you, it sounds high pitched and then to low pitched. Wee 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 wee. <laughs> Thank you, Kyle. Without reading what I wrote down, I mean, like, do you already know how that works, basically? Or yeah, uh, if I remember correctly, basically, as a sound is traveling towards you or away from you, the speed of the object affects the perceived frequency. Because since sound only travels at a certain speed, I think it's like 700 miles an hour or something like that, mm-hmm. it takes longer for sound that's heading away from you to reach your ears, so your brain perceives that as a lower frequency as opposed to sound coming towards you because the frequency is sort of, what's the word, amplified, I guess, by the speed of the object coming at you. Yeah, as the ambulance is coming toward you, the distance between you and that object is getting smaller, but, you know, the sound is the same, So, which means it's compressed into a smaller space, which means that the sound is hitting you at a more frequent rate, um, mm. and that higher frequency results in sounding higher pitched than normal, which is interesting because if you were sitting in the ambulance at the it same time, it would sound yeah. the same throughout the whole thing because... You know, you're hearing it from the same mm-hmm. uh, spatial perspective, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is kind of an interesting thing, too, because when you think about it, like the frequency of that sound technically is not changing at all, you know, mm-hmm. in that whole 
event, but the pitch is changing because it's the more subjective side. Yeah, of it. so I exactly. guess that that's an example of where those two kind of split off into their own concepts. Mm-hmm. The funny thing is, the theory of relativity is actually sort of based on that Doppler concept, except with time instead of sound. Mm. But that's yeah, interesting. That's a whole other episode. Kyle's <laughs> physics corner. So similar to what I just said, um, you know, as the ambulance is going away from you, it's taking longer and longer for that sound to hit you, which results in it sounding lower pitched. So that's a thing. Mm-hmm. Um, Kyle, have you ever noticed while you're yawning or while you're flying in an airplane and listening to music that the music sounds slightly higher pitched? Um, I have noticed that sometimes if I yawn when I'm listening to something, I'll hear like a ringing, but I think that's probably just because I have a tumor in my brain. Mm. <laughs> You're like, you should probably get that checked out. <laughs> well, that explains a lot about funk radio, doesn't it? Yeah. So like, for example, in the past, I have noticed that like, while I'm wearing headphones, listening to music, and then I happen to yawn, I've noticed that sometimes the pitch will sound slightly different while I'm yawning. Um, same as like in an airplane, um, mm-hmm. especially like during an ascent or descent and you're listening to music, you might notice a slight change in the pitch. Mm-hmm. The reason for that is that the air pressure is basically different outside and inside of your ear. Oh, I probably don't experience that because at least on my left ear, I have a hole in my eardrum that makes it so I can't pressurize my ears. So, oh, like, even on planes and stuff, my ears, my left ear doesn't pop. So, I wonder if that's why, like, uh, sometimes, sometimes when I yawn, I hear, like, a weird high-pitched thing as oh, opposed to just a change in pitch. Um, so, does that mean when you're in an airplane, at least on that one ear, yeah, that you're, kinda, the inside of your ear is always the same pressure as the outside? Because Yeah, which really makes plane flights kind of suck. See, I am special. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, geez. Um, so, yeah, basically the, the cochlear fluid in your ears is what basically is what we use uh, to perceive the sound around us. And so anytime that pressure is changed or disturbed is when you might hear changes, slight changes in pitch. It's basically a false perception of the actual sound that's coming into your ear mm-hmm. because of that. So that's the thing. So because pitch is very subjective, it's actually become the focus of at least a few different uh, what are called auditory illusions, which I had never heard of. Mm-hmm. The most, So I guess there's a couple different variations on this, but the most notable one is called the shepherd tone. It's one of those things where it sound, it's a sound, but it sounds like it's constantly ascending or descending in tone, like forever. Oh, yeah. There's a really famous... Shit. It's interesting that you say this because there's a, in the movie, what was that Christopher Nolan movie he did about uh, Dunkirk? In the movie Dunkirk, Mm -hmm. he utilizes this effect in the soundtrack to create this sort of seemingly ever heightening tone to create this like intense sense of like dread and urgency. And I forgot who his composer was. Uh, it's that guy that always does the compositions. I forgot his name, but they, yeah, they used this effect of like the, you know, increase ever increasing pitch or whatever you, whatever you were saying, uh, uh, to like an emotional effect. It was really interesting. Huh? 
That's interesting. I'll have to go and listen to some of that. Mm-hmm. Um, and even if, how about this? If I end up finding a good example, uh, I'll play it for the listeners too. Sounds good. Oh, and by the way, uh, Hans Zimmer was the Thank composer. You. I, I, I like totally had his name, but I didn't, so... So basically the way that this effect is created is like, obviously, you know, from a technical standpoint, you can't make something that increases or decreases in frequency forever. Cause as we said, there is a ceiling and a floor to what we can even hear. So if you did that in a real sense, we would just stop hearing it at some point. Mm-hmm. So how do you make it, you know, so that it appears to last forever, but actually, you know, um, whatever. I'm a talking guy. <laughs> so... <laughs> Basically, the way this is done is that um, you combine multiple sine waves playing together, separated by octaves, you know, as we said earlier. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of the same note, if you will, um, but separated by those different octaves. And what it, what's happening is that you have multiple of those all playing together at the same time that are all ascending at those different octaves all simultaneously. Mm-hmm. But then what happens is that since you have multiple, you can take one and, you know, go to the bottom so that most of them are playing up, but then one one actually resets to the bottom. And as it keeps doing it, it keeps cycling through, you know, so that all of all of them are moving up except for one or two. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if I'm explaining this in any way that makes any sense. But actually, I found that um, the YouTube channel Vsauce actually explained this really well. So mm-hmm. I might actually just uh, do a clip from this. <laughs> um, Works for me. Because he did it pretty well. And the- it's pretty succinct. The video I just sent you in the chat, by the way, as an aside, it's from Vox that explains the exact thing you're talking about with Dunkirk. That's That must have been what I watched. Oh, okay, cool. Since I probably butchered everything, uh, let's play that <laughs> little clip from Vsauce to explain this concept. I want to talk about the shepherd tone. It's a sound made out of multiple sine waves that play a trick on us. See, what they do is continuously rise in pitch, and then every so often one of them drops down an octave. But our brains don't perceive that because the other two continue rising and cover for it. The sine waves take turns dropping down an octave, producing a sonic barber pole, a noise that appears to keep rising in pitch forever and ever without ever actually going anywhere. The whole concept of auditory illusions is actually something I want to do for a future episode now that I've kind of learned about it. Mm -hmm. I need to do research on more of those, but I would really like to dig into that whole concept more. Yeah, that'd be sweet. Correct me if I'm wrong, did we not do an episode at some point on the brown note? We actually did, yeah. Um, I suppose that's kind of related to this, but in yeah. a slightly more scientific sense. And that might actually be a really good example of when we did talk about frequency in more detail. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, because I was thinking, I'm like, what's is, is there a pitch that like is so low that humans can't hear it? And then I'm like, wait, the brown note. <laughs> um, right. I guess that would make sense. So, in, yeah, in terms of the whole pitch being um, at least somewhat subjective, something that I didn't write any of this down, but something I kind of found interesting in my research is especially cases where you get certain tones or whatever that are s- so similar in pitch that 
um, certain people distinguish them differently. Mm-hmm. What was the thing called? Oh, I think this is the tritone paradox. And, you know, I won't get into this too much, but basically the point of it was playing pairs of tones that are very similar to each other. And then you, they found that a lot of people, like large groups of people were hearing like that they are ascended in, in pitch or descended in pitch. So it it's very, there's sort of some interesting research, I guess, in terms of how different our perceptions can be just, you know, by the way we listen or interpret sounds. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't know. And, and maybe, maybe we'll find more of that if we end up doing a psychoacoustics episode of just kind of how, like, we kind of think, we kind of just assume that everybody here is sound the same way. But I think in some cases like that, it's definitely different. And even like, remember the Yanny Laurel thing from last year? Oh, God, yeah. Um, I feel like that was another one of those. Oh, definitely. Weird like experiments. Yeah. How so different people perceive sounds differently. Yeah. So anyway, this episode kind of sucked listeners, but. Um, <laughs> I thought it was good. I learned a lot. If you agree with Kyle and you liked this topic, tell us on Facebook at facebook.com slash get your funk. And if you would rather listen to other episodes that we've mentioned that exist or ones that may exist in the future, go to getyourfunk.com and type in whatever you want. Do it. It has all of our episodes. You can listen and download and search and, oh, just just have a good old day, listeners. Yeah. Um, so yeah, if you liked this sciencey episode, we have other sciencey episodes about very scientific things like pooping your pants from hearing sounds. Um. <laughs> oh yeah. So we did. We did do that one on the brown note. Let me look up what episode number that was. Or you could just go to getyourfunk.com, Type in brown. Um, <laughs> apparently, James Brown comes up. Um, <laughs> uh, that was episode two twenty five. The brown note. So. Nice. That's worth listening to, listeners. Definitely. And we cannot guarantee whether or not you will shit your pants. But I mean, that same disclaimer goes with every one of our episodes, when you think about it. (laughs) True. Oh, boy. Uh, Yeah, this has been your host, Kyle. And this has been your host, Peter. Thanks for listening. And we hope you listen again. Bye, we love you. (laughs) 